Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. On today's show, we give you a preview of the super interesting game between your Charlotte Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies. And David and I are of two minds about the recent state of play from the Charlotte Hornets. We go Jekyll and Hyde on this past weekend's action. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, starting your week off right. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. SeatGeek is the easiest way to buy the tickets to the games that you want to see. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, happy holidays. I just used the SeatGeek app myself to procure some Kanye West tickets. Well, hopefully he finishes the concert. That's all. I'm super nervous about it. (laughs) Don't know if he's going to show up. You know, Doug, I went to the Guns N' Roses concert earlier this summer, and that was one I didn't know if we would all make it to by we, of course, me and Axel and the boys. Sure. This is is getting a uh, a little touch and go, so wish me luck. Oh, well, I, I wish you all the luck, David. Uh, and I can I can I veer off a little bit before we get started in the Hornets talk okay. and talk about an NBA. I, I, I already have. All I already right. Have. Well, ahead. let me let me veer us back towards the NBA. So you know the Hornets have had their fair share of uh, shot clock issues. Yeah. This season already, Cleveland one happened in Cleveland. Shot clock didn't get started in time. Whatever. So now the Hornets sit in third place in the Eastern Conference because. There was another shot clock issue, uh, this time in in Sacramento, and it involved the Toronto Raptors and the Sacramento Kings. Led to the Raptors losing that game and, and oh. falling to fourth place. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? No, no. Tell me more. Okay, well they're down three, and uh, they the Raptors are down three. They inbound the ball, and Demarcus Cousins tips the inbounds pass. And the ball finds its way to Terrence Ross, who fires up a long three-point shot, goes down with with uh, you know a few tenths of a second left on the clock, plenty of time. Buzzer goes off. It looks like the Raptors are about to head into overtime, but wait, they go into an official review and determine yes. that Demarcus Cousins tipped the ball, so the shot the 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 timer should have started. The game time, the game timer should have started when the ball was tipped. But here's my sure. thing, David. Look, I'm glad can, I'm glad the Hornets are, are in third place now because of this. But sure. no, look, it was it was instantaneous. I, I just feel like we're getting into these tenths of a second again. And and I feel like there was a human element of, oh, DeMarcus tipped the ball, now I gotta start the timer. It just it can't be instantaneous. And, and I think they went through this 
long review process to figure this out. And, and, and I could talk for, for the entire 30 minutes on this, but I just want to say like the reviews are getting absurd. And when you, oh. when you watch it in real time, yes, there was a small delay, but Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross didn't know that. I mean, he was just playing the clock. Right. This feels like one of those things, the NBA, more than any other league, really, I think they've been better about using just like common sense when it comes to stuff, uh, when it comes to stuff like this. But I'm with you. I mean, you got to go with the flow of the game. And if you're going to take into account like human error like this, but what's up with these shot clock guys, man? Well, I, I don't know. What's Score, going on? Yeah, the scores table, there there have been some issues this season across the league. But in this one, I, I'm taking the scoring table's side. Because I think, you know, you have to see what just happened, process it, and then hit the button. I, I You know, I, those things are going to happen. And, and I feel like you have to allow for that. And, and fi- the NBA has to step in here. I mean, Toronto's going to to appeal this, and I think they should well, win. That's, I think that no I think way. the overtime should be replayed, or an okay. overtime period should be played. Well, I don't know much. I know that will never happen. But. <laughs> it's happened before. This is not unprecedented. Okay, anyway, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. We talk about Hornets. We talk about NBA because uh, we're a big network here. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, find podcast on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports, other NBA teams. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. Okay, let's begin our Hornets talk by hopping back in the old time machine back to this weekend. Two games two vastly different outcomes and i know you're sitting there thinking i've I've got some mixed feelings about this hornets team all of a sudden charlotte getting a huge win at home versus the hawks kimba walker taking over in the fourth quarter finally getting that victory over a top team in the eastern conference but they didn't even have time to celebrate david because they had to get down to new orleans to take on anthony davis and the pelicans saturday night the Hornets looked like they had that game under control before giving up a double-digit fourth-quarter lead and losing it overtime to fall to 8-4. and four. Again, they, they sort of fall up to the third seed in the Eastern Conference now. David, I feel like I'm, I'm of two minds about the team right now after this weekend because of the stark differences in those two games. So I say, and I, I think you feel the same way, so let's embrace this. Let's go Jekyll and Hyde on these two games. David, you're going to be my Jekyll. I have some music prepped for this, and I will be I will play the role of Hyde. So first, David, let's get let's get you into Jekyll mode. All right, give me some positives about the Atlanta game. That's delightful. Well, I'll tell you the first positive, Doug. It's our boy Cody Seller who I really thought established himself going forward as soon as he gets healthy, of course, uh, as the starting center for this team. He had a fantastic game against Dwight Howard, 23 points, 9 of 10 from the field, leads the NBA in field goal percentage, Doug, I believe. And so, you know, to me, and also was the recipient of one big old elbow uh, to the face, uh, courtesy of one Dwight Howard. And I thought he was fantastic in this game we've talked about how well the Hornets cut and score off cuts. Uh, they're either tops in the league or, or up there close to in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and scoring off of those plays. And he's definitely a guy that attributes to that or contributes to that. Sorry. And so I think Cody Zeller was fantastic in that game. Um, I think they are a better offensive team with him on the floor. So that was a huge positive to me. Uh, Cody Zeller. 
Atlanta Hawks going up against another one of the top defensive centers in the East and getting the win. (laughs) But David, they couldn't finish the job in New Orleans. They were up 11 with less than six minutes to go. And then Ramon Sessions, Ramon, I'm trying to cape for you. I'm trying to tell people that you're not as bad at defense as people say you are. But he he doesn't get back (laughs) after the missed free throw. And then Langston Galloway knocks down. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think he hit 17 three-point shots. And then, uh, give or take, right? And then MKG fouls him on the three-point shot, and suddenly the Hornets are in overtime. And before you say, Doug, it was on the back end of a back-to-back. They were tired. No, sir. No, sir. The Pelicans were on the back end of a back-to-back as well, including Drew Holiday, who's just back from a three-month absence. He had no problem getting into a groove. Langston Galloway had no problem getting into a groove. Both of those gentlemen scoring 20 points off the bench. The Hornets have 17 games over the next 31 days. No two-day rest for them until December 20th. And Adam Silver, he's not going to accept doctor's notes for fatigue when the final standings for the playoffs shake out. How soon you forget. They just beat <laughs> one of the top teams in this. the East. They, they just beat one of the top teams in the East. That was a big hurdle for this team to climb. And, and that's my big takeaway. They won the game. They beat the Atlanta you Hawks. You play to win the game. You play to win the game, Doug. And they won. And they people have been clamoring them for to the oh my gosh. People have been clamoring for them to actually get a good win against a quality opponent, one of the top teams in the East. And that's exactly what they did. And they came back once again from down ten points in this game. Now they gotta get a hold on this. I think of their eight wins and six of them they've come back from ten or more. So they gotta get that under control. But they came back to win the game and get a huge, huge, huge win at home in front of the home crowd on Friday night. <laughs> but the mistakes, David, the mistakes. Don't get me started on the mistakes. Just when you think this team's turned a corner, 15 turnovers, 25 free throws for New Orleans, the ball being passed and dribbled around the perimeter in overtime. And then with the game on the line, Kemba searches for contact rather than getting the best look. I mean, that was just, it, it, it just, again, Kemba's done some amazing, incredible things this season, but with the game on the line, clutch Kemba couldn't come up with the bucket. <laughs> all right, David, Jekyll and hiding it. That felt good. I feel, I feel refreshed. I, we've gotten all the demons out, but we've also stayed positive. Um, but uh, we're going to talk some more about this here in a second. But one thing we are not of two minds about is finding the best price on sports tickets. That's why we use SeatGeek. Whether you are in Charlotte or cheering from afar, it's a fun time to be a basketball fan. The NBA season is back. College basketball is getting into gear. And SeatGeek is here to make buying tickets super simple and super cheap. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the arena, being in Spectrum Center for the biggest plays of the year, and the center was amazing on Friday, as David said, Kimba taking over, everyone on their feet. With SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want 
for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house. That's wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or the upper level. SeatGeek has you covered. Plus, here's the here's the great part. Every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. You're never going to be in trouble. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS, that's LOHORNETS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today. Okay, so back to the Jekyll and hiding that we just did, David. In yes. all se- <laughs> Fantastic dramatic role play by us. I, I feel like, well, listen, if there, I don't know if there are podcast Emmy type awards, but I think we we just put in our uh, put in our um, our nomination tape. Yeah, yeah our there tape. Go. There you go. Uh, but in all seriousness, it put on display this weekend. Put on display for me how small the difference between good Hornets and bad Hornets really is. I mean, they, they've been playing, I think, even though they're eight and four, this team's been playing with a small margin of error. And, mm-hmm. and the error finally went against them in, in New Orleans. Playing with fire a little bit with those 10 point leads, you know, they're having to come back from. They didn't have to do, to do that in this game. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the Pelicans ever got about 10. But uh, I mean, the big thing to me, well, a couple things, right? So this is the first overtime game of the season. Um, it was really the first game that went down to this, you know, a last second shot by Kimba. Could have won it. This is certainly a shot he's made this season and plenty of times in the past, just a little bit too long off the back iron. And you mentioned just some of the discombobulation down the stretch. Kimba looking for that contact on the last play was a little frustrating. I mean, we know that Kimba is smart enough to – Try and get that, but would have liked to have that one back and probably take it to the hole or, or just go ahead and shoot that thing outright. Um, yeah, I mean, it was annoying more than anything to me, honestly, Doug. I think we've seen more positives from this team, obviously, than we have negatives. It's 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 discouraging because they had this one. That's the big thing, and they couldn't put them away. Clifford highlighted it at the end of the game. Two things they've been good at all season, turnovers, and uh, defending the three, challenging that three-point shot. They're, they're one of the top teams in the league, getting out and closing out on defenders, shooting the three. They did not do that against Langston Galloway, even after he hit not one, not two, not three, but four. Six. <laughs> not totally. five. Not, yeah, so he hit a bunch of threes, and they uh, did not recognize that. So a lot of things they could have done differently. And then you mentioned the offense and the, and the overtime was just uh, non-existent. I mean, they got two good shots. I think Frank and Marvin got two shots going to the basket, but the rest of them were, you know, some of the shots they made earlier in the game, those long threes and long jumpers, but in the overtime period, we're not getting to the basket. Unlike uh, the Pelicans were, and you know, they would get in there and it wasn't necessarily Anthony Davis, initiating the play but he was cleaning up everything and he was the difference maker in overtime well it's thanksgiving week david and we're so thankful that you are listening to our show every day you're making our numbers go through the roof this is the best hornets talk that you can get anywhere and and you've really you've really made that possible so we've decided to do a ticket giveaway for the second week in a row we're giving out two lower level seats to hornet spurs on wednesday night should be a great game and a packed house Watch Locked On Hornets live on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock p.m. for a chance to take those tickets for yourself. 
youtube.com slash locked on hornets, six o'clock PM. Free Hornets tickets. Can't beat that. Spurs, too. That's, yeah. a, that's a legit game. This is no, uh, you know, no, this, no, is no na- this is national TV on ESPN. Yeah, you could be on ESPN. <laughs> David, I have something I'd like to talk about. It's It's been easy to miss underneath headline after headline about how amazing Kimba Walker's progression has been. But in the meantime, Marvin Williams has not really seen a regression to the mean that some of us feared when he signed on to a new four-year, $54.5 million deal in the offseason. He's gone past regression to the mean and and is in a full-on slump mode right now. His field goal percentage of 32.6 is the lowest of his career by a wide margin. His 34% from the three-point line is the lowest since 2013. His effective field goal percentage is at a career low along with, and this is maybe the most disturbing part, along with his PER, which is, you know, an imperfect measurement, but a measurement of the full, uh, trying to measure the full impact that you have on the court. All the while, his usage has increased three points and is up near his early Atlanta days. So, David, what the frick is going on here with Marvin Williams? Mm, yeah, I think that usage is something they're going to have to look at. I, I thought that might go down, to be honest with you. That's MKG what we talked about. Remember, fall. we talked yeah. about that in the offseason, how the, one, maybe one of the keys to fighting the regression to the mean was reducing his his role because he took such a substantial one last season. Now it's increased. Yeah, and so specifically with that New Orleans game, anytime he's going to guard some of those bigger guys, I just think he's going to get worn down even more, and guarding Anthony Davis is going to tire anyone out. But I'm with you. I mean, some of these early shots are not you know, not going in either. So early shots in the game, trying to get him going. Um, I was hopeful after, gosh, what was it, the Nets game when he got sparked a little bit, um, and he'd have a bounce-back game after that and had a good game. But you know, Marvin's getting up there in age, Doug. You look at it, what is he, 12 years in the league? And, you know, I know you feared this regression was coming. I'm still hopeful that, like last year, got off to a bit of a slow start and can bounce back and, you know, start to get things right. Hopefully, when some of these injuries get Jeremy Lamb back in, um, get everybody healthy, maybe they can get that usage down. But I don't know. You, I think you just have to hope also that with MKG back in the fold, they may still be getting familiar with some of the defensive assignments or rotations or what have you, um, adjusting a little bit to things that weren't there last year. But um, he's had his moments. It's just, uh, as you mentioned, those numbers don't lie. Well, the thing is, strangely, I'm not as worried by this particular start because it's not a regression to the mean. It's not a, a slowdown back to his... Uh, production that we saw in the first year in Charlotte or maybe in his last couple of or his last year in Utah. No, this is this is a full on slump. I mean, there's something going on here and and I think it could be tied to the increased uh, usage. It could be tied to the fact that he's had to uh, face such tough defensive assignments. I mean, the, the team talks all the time about keeping Batum from the tough wing assignments because of everything that he gets on offense. And they're they're not they're not doing that with Marvin mainly because they can't and, and but yet his again his his usage on offense remains the same despite having to take these extremely intense physical 
uh, defensive assignments, and I think that definitely could be a part of the issue. But the, the, the thing is, whether it's a regression or a slump or, or tied to those issues, the bottom line is the Hornets need Marvin Williams shooting because I, I think increasingly Kimball Walker is starting to look around and he's seeing inconsistent to poor shooting around him. Marvin Marvin Williams, MKG, Kaminsky is inconsistent. Bellinelli had a great game against New Orleans that was unfortunately wiped away by the overtime period. Um, but he's been a little up and down. Batum finally starting to, to pick things up. That's a good sign. Um, but, you know, I, I think this has to be concerning because as great a start as Kimba's had, he's had to shoulder a lot of the load offensively and and that that's not sustainable. I mean, these these other players around Kimba have to pick things up. Yeah, you mentioned you know the usage and he's shooting. You know, the field goal attempts have gone up too. I mean, shooting you know almost two shots more a game than he was last year and missing more. So that's not good. He is providing you know about the same scoring. It's maybe a point down from last year. Uh, so it's uh, certainly not as efficient. And he's still giving you, let's see, about seven boards a game, which is a, a tick better than last year, actually. So, you know, that's why I think you're starting to look at, you know, gosh, could they, could they, could they sub him, could they sub Marvin out of the starting lineup, right? I mean, because that's the the next question I think you look at when you see some of this regression. And I still don't think they're to that point. You can't. I don't know well, you, you can't. I mean, because yeah. because of Frank Kaminsky, of the defensive issues that we are right. consistently seeing from Frank Kaminsky, you're sort of stuck at this point, and you're hoping yes. that 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 maybe Marvin is shooting more, just trying to shoot himself out of this I slump. Think for sure. And then yeah. and then you also look. The the Hornets brought Marvin in because of some of his intangibles. In an article by Sam Purley on Hornets.com, Kimba Walker says, "Quote." After last season, guys usually take a few months off, not Marv. He just took two weeks, maybe three weeks off, and got right back to it. That's pretty unusual for a guy who's been playing for as long as he's been playing. Marv is one of the best teammates I've ever been around. I'm just happy to have him on my team. So we're not questioning Marvin's work ethic. We're not question. We're really not questioning anything about the man because we know um, what what uh, care he's taken with his body and with his game in the past uh, few years. And and that's what makes this all the more confusing. What makes this all the more interesting? Um, but he certainly, you know, that that locker room, uh, the the locker room presence that he brings is is not going to slump. Uh, and, no. But but the, at the same time, the, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't win ball games. I mean, it it may over the long term, but you know, ball game to ball game, you got to have the shooting that Marvin provides. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, we see that step up. Yeah, I think fortunately it's not killing them right now, right, Doug? I mean, no, because Kimball. But that's the thing. If think about this, David, if Kimball Walker were playing even at the level that he played last season, which was great, but if he was playing to that level and hadn't stepped up his game to the amount that he had, this they're not eight and four. They're probably they could be a game under five hundred because they've needed they've needed his no they they've absolutely needed his scoring. I mean, oh, for sure, for against sure. Atlanta, they would have been in trouble. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing to say for sure. I, to your point, I mean, there's no arguing that Kim <laughs> it wasn't, Hey, it wasn't tough know. for me. <laughs> hey, but I'll tell you this. You, you mentioned, I think yeah, there is something to that. He's trying to shoot himself out of the slump. I mean, if you look at the three-point attempts throughout his career, he, he's shooting six and a half right now. And, and that's, you know, he only shot uh, four, four and a half. Last year and throughout, and if you go back before that, I mean, he's doubled what he did 
almost throughout his career. So he's definitely getting him up more. I mean, that's obviously obviously a focus. He's trying to shoot more threes, but there's got to be something to that trying to just get this monkey off his back and and get some to go in and just you know get off the schneid a little bit. Well, Marvin Williams and the Hornets will have a chance to get off the schneid and rebound tonight at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, but it will not be easy. The Grizzlies defense has been excellent over the past two games, and they're getting major contributions from unlikely places. With more, here's Peter Edmiston of Locked On Grizzlies. Hey there, Doug. Hi there, Locked On Hornets listeners. My name is Peter Edmiston. I'm the host of Locked On Grizzlies. Looking forward to the matchup between the Hornets and the Grizzlies Monday night in Charlotte because this is an interesting time for the Grizzlies. Uh, This is a team now that is coming off uh, four straight victories, three straight on the road, and then a win over Minnesota on Saturday night in FedEx Forum. Uh, And this has really been predicated on pace of play and defense. If you follow the Grizzlies at all, and some of you may have, some of you may have not, you know that, of course, there's a new head coach, David Fisdale, uh, but also the previous head coach, Dave Yeager, who's now in Sacramento, had some of the same issues that David Fisdale had upon his arrival. Uh, Yeager wanted the team to play faster. Fisdale wanted the team to play faster. They both wanted to spread the floor out a little bit, add a few more shooters, take a few more threes, get away from the paint and the grit and grind that has been so associated with the Grizzlies, but... Didn't really work for Jaeger, and to be quite honest with you, wasn't really working for David Fisdale either. Now, unlike Jaeger, Fisdale stuck with the spacing portion. You will see the Grizzlies take a lot more threes now than they used to in years past. But what you will not see is a sped-up, fast-paced team. That was the experiment early in the season, and it didn't really work. But in this last uh, stretch of wins, you have seen the Grizzlies slow, slow, slow things down to an excruciating level. Their pace is down under the 92 possessions a game mark. They're averaging 95, which is by no means fast, but they are now crawling well under 91 and a half, actually, in their last five ball games, uh, which means that it is really going to be about pace and tempo as the Hornets would like to uh, speed them up a little bit. A lot of teams would like to do that, like to spread them out a little bit. A lot of teams would like to do that too, but the Grizzlies' defense has been absolutely fantastic uh, over the last few ball games. has gotten better and better and really was buoyed by that nationally televised win over the Clippers on a Wednesday night with Marcus Gasol hitting that corner three and then doing the Conor McGregor dance afterwards. That really energized this team, and they've played some of their best basketball since then. So it will be a fun one tonight, kind of a clash of styles, Grizzlies and Hornets. Looking forward to hearing about it and looking forward to hearing about the reaction from all of you on Locked on Hornets and, of course, all of us here at Locked on Grizzlies. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game. All right, thanks to Peter Edmiston of Locked on Grizzlies. You can listen to that on the Locked on Podcast Network. Yes, the Memphis Grizzlies, 28th in pace, 24th in offensive rating, but they are on a four-game winning streak their major scoring comes from Marcus Gasol and Mike Connolly. Zach Randolph is their main offensive contributor off the bench. He's only averaging 22 minutes per game, but he's scoring 14.5 points, 8 rebounds, and a PER of 21.5. He could be a leading candidate for sixth man of the year, and he'll be a load, David, for Frank Kaminsky to handle. Expect some quick MKG or Ramon Sessions doubles if they try to post him up, which could lead to open shots for... Uh, a, a couple of the Memphis Grizzlies are not shooting the three ball well, but if they're wide open, they certainly will take them. Guys like uh, one of our favorites, David, VC, Vince Carter. That's that's right. Oldest player in the league still getting it done. A resurgence this year for Vince Carter, which is fun to see. But I think this is one of the more interesting games in the NBA uh, tonight, Doug. I mean, two contrasting styles 
to some degree. And but two really good teams. If you watch any of that Memphis Clippers game, you could see how talented and apparently how well coached the Grizzlies are. And I think Mark Gasol is is going to be a load again for the Hornets. You know, they just go from Anthony Davis right into to Mark Gasol after playing um, uh, Dwight Howard. So, yeah. you know, a run of, of three straight post guys there that are going to give them some some different type of problems. But he is super skilled. And, you know, whoever's in there, uh, he's such a big body. I mean, Hibbert, I think, is going to have to bang him a little bit. But uh, it's going to take a group effort, I think, to, to stop these guys. And, uh, you know, I mean, Doug, for me, I think the Hornets have to get that pace up um, and, and try and get out. They're not great on fast break points, but they got They try and get to get Memphis to run a little more than they want to. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. I think by turning them, turning them over, mm-hmm. but also I think you have to get out to an early lead and make yeah. them make them want to increase the bag because it's it's tough to make a team increase the pace. You know, it, you, they're going to run their half court like they want to run their half court, but if they're down early. It's going to make the the urgency. You gotta you gotta deliver that urgency. Keep that pace moving uh, for for the and, and don't let their. That's the thing. This is a, an incredibly tough defensive team. So yeah. you don't want to allow their defense to get set. And, and the Hornets have actually done a better job of that this season. You know, getting early looks before the defense is is really able to adjust. We've seen that in in several games, and their pace is up on the year. So the yep. Hornets have the ability to do it. Yes, they can't get into a knockdown, drag out, slow fight with the Memphis Grizzlies because that's the game they want. They want this game to both teams to be under a hundred points. They've held teams. Uh, to 71 and 64 in the last couple of games. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that is intense defense. The Hornets will have to do their best and they're going to have to make shots. I mean, that's the thing. We saw the Hornets miss open opportunities against New Orleans. They've had a day off to rest. They didn't practice. So the legs will be fresh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to say that, you know, in a deep analytical way, but they just got to make shots. Yep. I think you're right because, the, I mean, look, the Grizzlies can play in the hundreds if they have to. I mean, that Clippers game was was up in the hundreds, I believe, as well. So they definitely want to slow it down. But when you've got a Mark Gasol and a Conley and even, shoot, even Vince, I mean, they can, they can score if they have to. I think you're right. You don't want to see a clunky first quarter from the Hornets. That's not the night to come out here and, and start slow, as they've had a, a tendency to do in the early going here. So I think that's got to be a key. I mean, we should note, Doug, the third quarter again was a big boost for the Hornets against the Pelicans, um, uh, which is great. Uh, it's, it's really nice, <laughs> but they cannot depend on that. Absolutely. All right. Make sure you listen again tomorrow morning for a full recap of that game. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We'll read them on. Uh, we'll read them live on Tuesday night, YouTube.com forward slash LockedOnHornets. We're back tomorrow morning with a recap of Hornets Grizzlies and Locked On Hornets live tomorrow night. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Grizzlies. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay?